is not just that. Look at me. Judge me by my size, do you? Hmm? Hmm. And where you should not. For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings, Zogi, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. Welcome, Grosties, to the Frugal Force. This is episode seven, and tonight we're talking auto flowers. And first, as always, we're going to go through intros because, as you can see, we got some special guests tonight. And so, firstly, we're going to go with the Frugal Jedi Master to my left here, Spartan Grown. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Super stoked to sit here and talk with uh, Morning Star Seed Company. I'll uh, I'll be uh, completely honest. He does. Uh, I am a tester for him, so I am a little biased. <laughs> Thank you. Right, and then to my right, Miss Medicated. How you doing tonight? I'm too. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Michigan Medicated. Doing well. Cool, cool. And joining us from uh, the cantina, he's off tonight, Skillball One. How you doing tonight? Great, man. Glad, glad to be here. Um, Skillball One on Instagram, Skillball 17 on YouTube, one half of the Michigan Bros Grow Show regular podcast, man. I'm stoked to be here, man. It's really good to see everybody. And we got the Sith Lord himself broadcasting from the Death Star. How you doing tonight? Doing great. What's going on tonight, everybody? I'm Red Star Farm. You can find me pretty much on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, catching Sunday nights on Michigan Bros Grow Show, and just happy to be here with everybody. Uh, probably not going to be engaged too much in the dialogue. I think I'm going to bring you guys into one of the grow rooms with me, and uh, I'm out here in the setter den, so I got some work to do, and uh, I'm going to listen along because I'm sure Morningstar's got a ton of great stuff to talk about and i'm really excited to hear about some auto flowers uh because i want to get some in the garden very soon hopefully uh anyways guys i'm not going to ramble too much but if i end up stepping away that's where i'm going cheers everybody cool and joining us from the the outer rim the plane or the famed plant geneticist himself or breeder if you want to be boring morning star c how you doing I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And, you know, thank you, uh, everybody, for inviting me to the show. This is, uh, of course, the first time I've been on your guys' show. And, uh, yeah, we're going to cover some autoflower information, uh, some of the strains I grow, and we'll do some, some general talk about autoflower so that everybody has a better idea of what they are, what they can do, and uh, hopefully what you can do with them. So we'll go ahead and get started. I mean, if you guys... Um, First thing I want to know, since, you know, Spartan, you are testing, 
some of my strains and, and your tester for me. Let's talk about what you've grown and, and some of the, um, you know, some of the things that you've seen with them and the yeah. results that you've gotten. Sure. Um, I'm pretty new on the growing autoflowers, for example, um, but uh, <laughs> there was like a novelty almost thing to me because uh, my very first one was purple microdot. So my very first auto ever was this beast of a plant. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was expecting everybody, I've heard all these things about autos aren't going to ever yield and they're, they're just small little things because, you know, that's the early story of auto. So I think I went through two or three seeds, but before I got a female, yeah, there you go. That you got the graphic up. Nice. And then, uh, I got the female and it was just the one plant and it was taking up probably space like of maybe a three by three that it, it, it filled up. It was just so, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Finally harvested it. And there's a picture on my Instagram at Spartan Grown, uh, hanging over my tent. And it looks just like it would take a four by four, no problem. But I ended up getting four ounces of that, that I kept. And I'm pretty picky at what I keep. So, you know, it might've been a little bit more, but four good ounces out of that plant. And it was like a, really grapefruity a ball of shoot you were able to sample that what do you think what do you think on the flavors on that yep you had the the grapefruit i grew the the microdot a few times and like i said all, every time i grew it i had a different taste to it but most of them were grapefruit there was one that had a spice a grapefruit and spice i didn't like that one but the other ones are all like yeah and this one was a purple too it's so purple i mean it, from the very onset of flower with the very first brocter what most people call calyxes it was purple right from the get-go. I mean, early flower. And I was, I was super impressed because I'd never seen a plant do that. And I, you know, I grow commercially too. So I go through a lot of plants. So <laughs> now I'm starting to, to pick that up a little bit. And some strains like the uh, chopped cherry does that. But uh, I was really impressed. I'm a sucker for purples anyway. How much time? We got a little bit of time. I got, after that, I, I grew a, uh, the BH12, a baby Huey. And I, I'm assuming that's like the 12th generation. Uh, actually, it's not. Baby Huey is. Uh, it was based off of the the duck, and um, the reason I called it Baby Huey is because once you smoke it, man, it'll make you drool and sit there like this duck, <laughs> not being able to do nothing. But the Are you sober now? No, no, yeah. The fact about BH12 is that since its since its origins are big bud, the yield on it can actually match. Um, or compete with purple microdot. Uh, now, currently, the record for BH12 is only at uh, eight plus ounces, where microdot's at 24 ounces. And this was in you know less than 90 days. Again, for an auto, um, it's just not very common. But because you know people should know that the genetic is there, if they can push that plant to those extremes, they will know that that plant can uh, meet its end of the bargain. One thing I noticed specifically on the baby Huey is, is the very little leaf, really. I mean, they got, the leaves were like mostly out of the way. You didn't really have to do much pruning. And I had, I, I collected what I call a bud, like bendable grade a bud, you know, this size from a quarter inch, maybe from the ground, from top to bottom, that plant has such good like leaf structure or more plant morphology, whatever you want to call it that the light was able to penetrate to the bottom and just grow just as good a bud at the bo very bottom of the plant. I mean, the tops were a little bit bigger, but I mean, the bottoms were still pretty goddamn good buds, which had, usually I'm lollipopping shit way high. I didn't have right. to touch it. I didn't even have to touch that plant. That, I mean, that's how auto that plant was. And that was in a second generation bed that I'd grown 
couple plants in already. And here I am just throwing water in the thing and it turns around, like you said, in less than 90 days, you pull a couple ounces out of there and all you did was throw some water on it when it was empty. I mean, that's, that's how I grew it. I mean, you can push them, I'm sure, and start giving them food and, and get those big yields. But for me, in my situation, I'm using it to fill. It's like I'm pulling flower yield out of my mother tent, which before wasn't giving me anything but just holding my genetics. Now I was like, oh, I got space and an extra light. I'll throw a light up there, throw some autos in there. Don't even have to fuck with light cycles. And I'm good to go. I'm pulling flower out of my mother room. It's fucking wonderful. Absolutely. And you know what? That's, that's um, good that you mentioned that because the thing is, is you can run auto flowers right along with your photo periods because they don't need a change in the life cycle to get them through their whole lifespan. Yeah, it's just wonderful. And it's so, I mean, to me, it's just like, you know, I go to work and I'm, I'm all crazy and we got all the numbers down and we're being, you know, we're watching our P's and Q's because, you know, we absolutely have to, and we hold ourselves to that standard. But at home, after I've worked all day, <laughs> I don't have that energy level anymore. So I want to make it easier on me. And I'm telling you that there's situations for auto flowers. Another thing I want to get into, you know, later on maybe is maybe if you have any tips or anything on outdoor autos, because that's one thing I was never, I can never really grow autos or I never could really grow outdoor at my residence because I live in a neighborhood and right. so I'd always have to go to a buddy's house that had more land or, or find something or another way to do it but I'm thinking I'm going to try this year I'm going to try to put like maybe an auto maybe even I might even put it just in a pot I haven't decided but I'm going to put it outside and I'm going to see if I just do one or two outdoors and I don't get ripped off then I'm going to I'm going to go the next year I'm going to go like 12 out there <laughs> and, and just right they'll stay Think short big. enough i just have to stay on the law says they just can't be seen from opposing place so if i put them in a hoop house and uh they don't get too tall which an autos really shouldn't get super tall i think i can do it i think it should be all right i got six right? privacy fence and that's another disclaimer too i want to get out there because we all heard me rant on my because one of the last time i attempted autos i gave a full tent and i i really got a crap yield but i think that was on my end i didn't prepare right I didn't do the system right for autos and I want to make it really clear that through my studies and even my own grows with it I see potential in auto flowers that's why I want us to do this tonight especially here in Michigan for the outdoor aspect because if we could do it right we can get two harvests a year in here when we can barely finish short-term indicas outdoors here that's the appeal, especially for Michigan growers. You know what I mean? We need something that's going to work with our seasons. And so it comes down to, should we start these off literally outside? Should we start them off inside, maybe a few weeks of veg and try to time it up right so we can plop them out at the right time of the year? What's your advice? If you're asking me... Um, well, actually, before, you... before we get into that, let's uh, take a short commercial break and we'll be right back. Okay, so right before we went to break, uh, right before we went to break there, um, the question had came up about uh, running autoflowers outdoors and uh, maybe a hardening off period or a prep period to get them ready for um, the transition from indoors to outdoors or outdoor growing in general. Now, <clears throat> what I will say on this is that my outdoor experience here in Colorado, even though we're legal, 
is somewhat limited um, because of the fact that our laws are so tight that by the time you actually meet the laws, you would be growing in a separate building that is considered outdoors, but it's completely locked up and enclosed and can't be seen and so forth and so on. It's completely ridiculous. Now, I think, you know, I, like anybody else, have, have taken my chances. And I will say this, you know, just to cut to the chase, autoflowers are going to be no different than photo periods. Um, while you wouldn't want to start a, a fresh seedling, a photo period, in the middle of summer, you wouldn't want to start one at the end of winter when your nighttime temperatures are still going to be too low. So, you know, historically speaking, autoflowers have had a really bad name, but the genetics have came so far in such a short amount of time that you can basically, and I heard somebody say that you can't clone them, but there's a lot of people that are cloning autoflowers now. Um, they've been able to handle mainline training, uh, multiple toppings, transplantings, and as long as your technique is good, you can expect to have just as good results with an autoflower as you would with a photo period. So I think a lot of the things that you know you're thinking in general um, at one point were facts with autoflowers, but again, they've gotten so strong and they've came so far that uh, you, you really need to push them. Tell them, McCluskey. Tell them what time it is. And speaking of training, uh, if you actually want to see some hands-on training, me and Morningstar did a episode on the Dab and Gab that you can find on my channel. It's all about training the autos. You actually did hands-on with it. it. It was really cool. And you really yeah, can train the hell out of them. I've been uh, uh, I've been pushing my <clears throat> excuse me I've been pushing my autoflowers as far as I can push them for the last uh, five years ever since the very beginning, and you know honestly the reason I started doing this <clears throat> is because people said that I couldn't do this and people said that I shouldn't do this and at the time they were somewhat correct because again if your technique wasn't good you would kill them you would stunt them you know you would you would inhibit their growth and. Nobody wants to do that because, hey, we're all looking for, you know, a stellar harvest. So you get these people that have bad technique and they want to spread all these wives' tales. Well, they're admin, you know, for forums and, and this, that, and the other thing and have 10,000 followers. And people actually take that as gospel. But you know what? You got to venture out on your own and you got to be willing to lose a few plants in order to learn something. That's been my whole take on it from the very start. So, like, my biggest thing for outdoors is if I'm running a photo, if ideally I like to have it vegging for, I'd say, damn near a good two months before I throw it out there. So it has a really, really solid uh, structure and big plant. So if I wanted to take that to the autoflower realm, uh, is there, like, a strain that you would recommend in a certain day that I would take it outside to get those kind of results? Well, I wouldn't necessarily base it on a date. You have to base it on the conditions for your area. And I say this because, see here in Colorado, we got snow on May 15th or May 19th of last year. So if I had plants outside, you know, cause our temperatures were fairly decent during the daytime, but nighttime, of course, not so much. We don't get those, um, those actual conditions till about June. And then in June and shit, they'll, they'll spike, you know, almost overnight into the 90s and hundreds and then you know your nighttime temperatures are, are in the 80s so our, our season here is really bad and another thing that doesn't help is and you've seen this abolished because i've 
posted it many times is that we usually get um, at least one hailstorm a year where they're like lemon size, golf ball size, and it just takes everything out. You know, you can work so hard on your garden and lose it in a matter of seconds. So outdoor growing here for me hasn't been the greatest. And then of course, you know, last year I attempted the, the uh, abolished OG and it was actually pollinated with three of my strains. And um, see, and I did actually run some, some autos out, outside last year and they had finished about, it was about two weeks before, um, before the photo period did. And that's that one that I'm telling you, man, was so loud that I'm sure somebody has, you know, smelt it going down the block and it ended up walking away. I mean, it pissed me the hell off, you know, because. Tethered and my rage knows no bounds. You know, because it was a special project. It was a collaboration that was, you know, going to start a whole new strain. Actually, three whole new strains. Damn. It was. That was heartbreaking. A lot of people were looking forward to that, you know, just to have it. We could have got, we could have had a OG Fino that was auto. Absolutely. Because yeah. it had, it had Indigo and it had two mutts and it had uh, purple microdot. So yeah. let me ask a breeding question then. So since the abolished is a photo period and the other is an auto, when you breed those, what would be the propensity for auto versus photo period in the offspring? Well, you're going to get a certain percentage and you, well, you should expect a certain percentage, but you know, that's, this is real life and you can never uh, count on anything a hundred percent. So the autogenetic may be there, but it may be recessive and you may have to grow it out to the second generation to get it to show the auto trait. Um, the good thing about auto flowers in general, again, is that if it's going to be a dominant trait, you'll see this when, within about 20 days because it'll, it'll show pre-sex in about 20 days. Now with my strains, there's, they're consistently showing between, between days 10 and 20. My personal best has been like 11 days, they'll show sex. Wow. And then from there, you know, I mean, a, a person can choose, because I, I do regulars and, you know, just to be clear, I, I believe that a person needs to be self-sufficient and they need to quit buying feminized seeds because it's, a, it's an endless trap of, of spending your money and sending your money to someone else when you could just breed your own. So at this point, all I do is regulars. And I would hope that people take advantage of that and take the handcuffs off, breed your own. That was something you were going over in your live the other day. And it made me really think like, yeah, you'll fit into the frugal uh, force here perfectly talking about autos because if somebody just started growing or whatever, and they weren't dedicated or they didn't need like a steady stream of medicine right away if they wanted to dedicate a run to breeding they really mm -hmm. could make enough seeds in one run to where you wouldn't run out because just like the one or two seed runs i've done like yeah if i just ran those seeds i don't know when i would run out of them absolutely i mean if you just do two plants let's say you get a thousand seeds and only 250 of them are viable i mean that's still 250 seeds man that's as a personal, you know what I mean, 12-person rack, I mean, you'd be all right with that, and that was a one-time deal. Absolutely. If you don't like it, roll the dice again, put something else together, smash them together, and see what comes up. Well, sure, and you know what? I want to throw one more thing out there, because I understand, you know, that feminized seeds actually exist for a reason, and there is people that are in situations that have to use feminized seeds for, say, their plant counts. 
or maybe they just don't want to breed at all and that's fine but again it and i don't want to make things sound like you know like anybody can do it or everybody should do it but you really should okay but you can buy you don't have to make your own sts or your own colloidal silver or reverse it you know know how to reverse it initially i mean you can get the stuff to make your own feminized seeds after you do your first seed run so if that is you know if that is your goal to have your own feminized seeds you can still do that but start with some regular seeds yeah shout out to our uh our friends 2020 mendocino they have a, a switching spray now don't they they just came out with was it them? i think they are one of the ones yes yeah they sell some sts yeah but there's like limited runs so you just got to keep checking their website to see if they have it or not that's pretty cool another thing i wanted to, i hope we could get into tonight because i didn't have the best run when i did a full 10 of autos and like i said i think it's because i didn't plan correctly i'm really curious if you've seen like a pattern in the guys that are just destroying it like getting you know these 14 ounce autos and whatnot in one run is what are they doing do. is it a syngatic thing are they just doing straight hydro well the hydro and deep water culture guys are actually smashing uh you know heavy numbers consistently but again you have to be you have to be a good grower to begin with and i'm going to go as far as saying that auto flowers the care of auto flowers is no different than photo periods the difference is is that they're a whole lot quicker and you you know a lot of people actually break it down by days as to what days they are and this and that but i break it down as to the three cycles you know your veg cycle your stretch cycle and then your flower period at the end and uh if you if you're monitoring your plant every day like you should be you'll be able to see when it starts the stretch phase because they'll be growing at least an inch two inches a day two inches a day and they'll do this for about 10 days and then they'll slow down and this is when they're making their transition into flower now it's at this point here that you're going to want to you know obviously start switching from your heavy heavy veg newts to your flower newts but if you miss those timelines then you're feeding it wrong it's not getting what it needs and the plant suffers and and then one more thing because you had asked this um, consistently the green leaf nutrients has been getting the best results from all the nutrient lines that I've seen out there. Are there, is that, that's all synthetic or is that a mix? Do they have microbes and stuff in there? Actually, I think the green leaf is a, is a hybrid or a mixture. Like you said, it's, it's not completely organic or Omri, you know, organic, yeah. but it's not, it's not full synthetic either. It, may, it makes sense because the, the all the times that I've done it, it seems like with regenerative type beds and whatnot with the auto flowers, mm -hmm. they don't have the, they need, they really need like, you almost need an extended auto flower if you're going to do it in there because it needs enough time to root out and establish itself with the rhizosphere to bring up everything that it demands because like you said, auto flowers a lot quicker. So it's going to need that a lot quicker. I think that was the problem with mine is if I would have went a synganic route, I would have did a lot better because I could have supplemented what my plant needed while it was establishing in the rhizosphere. Possibility, yes. 
So I wanted to show off. Here's a, I, just, I had a baby Huey sitting right here. This is a butt off of that baby Huey, but it's super frosty. And nice. I think the, uh, I think the best use of an auto flower, it's kind of like what, um, you know, what Morningstar is saying, what uh, Jeff Loinfels is saying is you could literally get a, a pot and some soil and try to get an environment that's close to okay. And you don't even have to worry about light leaks. You don't have to build a room. You could just put a big wide open space if you wanted to, and you're going to get some fucking flower at the end of it. I mean, no, I mean, you can go, at, I'm, what I'm saying is you could go at the very least side of the scale and still get something. And then the more you put into it, the better your yields are going to be at the end too. So, I mean, maybe after your first or second harvest, you, you're going to have a little extra cash to make one improvement. Wouldn't it be easier for somebody that's like a first time grower that's maybe like in their late sixties, early seventies, that's like, Hey, you know what? I really want to put these pills down. I want to try doing this. And yeah. well, what's the easiest way that I can do this? Put an auto flower in a pot by your window. That is true. I mean, yeah, you got to think about the situation too. Like I'm coming from a caregiver standpoint, but some little old lady that needs some medicine or whatever, and super easy. She throws it in the frugal bill, just adds water, you know, she's going to get something at the end. She's going to finish. She might not have got the most yield, but she'll always finish. That's oh, don't get it twisted. Best. She grows out those basil and chives and everything else. In the oh, yeah. Already. Granny's got right. this, man. Don't yeah, trust her. Yeah. She's got them special nitrates from World War II. But at the same time. She's got her own name that. brand molasses in the cupboard. Yeah. At the same time. She's same time she's not going to screw around with light cycles though so it takes that that part that is so hard for a lot of the newer people to grasp that oh what's a light leak i went in there it looks dark well no there's a pinpoint of light over here that's why you're getting a problem when i looked with the lights on it yeah, like it was yeah. dark <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you don't have to even screw with that you know it takes that it makes it just makes it easier to grow and that's i think the best benefit of it and there's situational obviously and um, for me, yeah, I love I love getting flower out of my mother tent, and I'm hoping to get flower out of my backyard too. So we'll see what happens. Those I'll are the two things that draw me. Recommendations, in. Uh, Morningstar. What out of your arsenal is the least smelly, or say at least the least smelly, like maybe uh, more like flowery smelling, and less cannabis smelling. <laughs> well, health wise. I would honestly say that would have to be the purple microdot, the one that gets the uh, citrus pheno. And I've, I've actually heard it described a lot of times as a berry pheno. And there is, you know, at this point, there's two different phenos. Um, the, the, the Bravo and the Charlie, because I, I kept the plants separate, uh, they had more of a diesel tone to them. Whereas the Alpha and the Delta had the berry terpene smell to them. That's what mine was leaning towards. It was a grapefruit, and it was leaning towards berry. Like I was getting grape, I was getting grapefruit strong, but back end it was like almost a sweet berry or something in the background. Right. So I mean, like even though they have the the OG Kush in there and the purple amnesia and everything else, you know, it's it's pretty hidden. I mean, they don't have the typical, you know, say skunky or um, earthy smell that most do. Yeah. Yeah. That that'd be a good one. Maybe I'll do some micro dots. They'll get fucking huge. <laughs>
Yeah, definitely don't throw that OG outside if you're trying to be discreet, dude. The last no. couple of weeks, oh my god, the city smells. So I'm looking at your menu right now, and I'm seeing some really nice pictures. And you have four strains, right? Is that what you're rocking right now? There is uh, four strains. There's a couple that are in testing right now. But yeah, actually, at this point, I think most of the stuff's pulled off the site. I mean, yeah, I have them, but they're just pulled off the site. I was redoing the site and, okay. you know, getting ready for the 320 celebration coming up and so forth. But um, yeah, I mean, I currently do have everything in stock. Um, one big one that uh, has been getting a lot of attention, even though I've never even really released it, is Powerball 19, because I've been working with this strain for about two years now. And uh, I wouldn't, you know, obviously I haven't been working it um, day in and day out. It's like a project. But uh, it's coming up now that I've got my breeder plants ready to finish in about another month. And uh, that one's gonna be that one's gonna be huge. And uh, the next generation after that one, I'm I'm honestly thinking about feminizing that one. I think you told me a story, uh, like with the Powerball, uh, maybe a year or two ago, wasn't it? You did, you want you were gonna get rid of it, but your testers they were they loved it and they were so passionate about it that they're like, no, you can't get rid of this. We're gonna keep testing it. They did, they did. And now you know the story behind 19 is that it actually started out as Powerball 18. And she was, she's fought me like every step of the foot, excuse my language, every step of the way, even up to this last run before this one here, I ended up stunting them because I had to leave on a family emergency and shit in that breeder lot. I ended up not breeding it because they, they stunted. So I immediately started another one and this is the one that's going to finish now. But um, I had sent it out as testers. And it had a small amount of fallout, but it was enough fallout for me to start over. And in testing, it didn't make it again. It didn't make it again. So I was going to cut it from the lineup, but my testers, you know, talked me into it. They grow it. They had no issues with it. Well, at least, you know, 90% of them had no issues with it. And uh, they continue to grow it to this day, the Powerball 18. Um, now, the 19, I've been sending out to, you know, a few people as test seeds, but um, it'll get an official release here pretty soon. And that one there is, you talk about a Frost Queen, damn. And typically, you know, in a five-gallon five pot, and I run cocoa, so I push, you know, synthetics pretty hard all the way from start to finish. And again, my lights are on 24-7, so, you know, they have to eat a lot. They have to, they don't get any sleep, but they definitely need a lot of nutrients to keep them going, you know, under 24 hours of light. But uh, they can hit some big numbers. Um, you know, some of my, and I don't get those numbers like some of the other growers do, you know, the 24 ounce plant wasn't mine. That purple microdot was actually grown in the competition last year. And I know Abolish remembers that one because he was part of that competition as, as a judge. I think you entered it or something maybe, but. <laughs> yeah, I was in there and uh, everybody was, uh, I was getting my butt kicked so much. I was like, you know what? I'm backing out of this one. I'll try. <laughs> right. But anyway, that 24 ounce plant came from that competition. So it's not like, you know, I'm doctoring up numbers. That one was documented the full run all the way through harvest and everything else. And uh, with some of the other strains, um, Next Simple Life uh, has the Purple Dragon, which the Purple Dragon has been released, but it's been a very limited release. And, and it's currently in testing again now to come up for another release. 
but that one sits at 13 ounces. And uh, again, BH12 sits at uh, eight plus ounces. And these are all in less than 90 days, you know, from start to finish. So if you're looking for big numbers in a hurry, you can't beat these strains. Now you can also, you know, you can beat the numbers. You can definitely beat the numbers because there is bigger autoflowers out there and I won't deny that. And, uh, but if you want to wait 120 days, you know, shit, you can grow two of my plants in that amount of time and double that long running one. Yeah, you're defeating the purpose of doing an auto unless, you know, you don't know or you don't want to mess with the photo period if you're going 120 days. You might as well Perfect. do a clone, you know. That's my right, take on it anyway. Yeah. And, and I've had them myself. I've had them 120-day plants. And they just, you know, you're, you're waiting for them to finish. You're waiting for them to finish. And they just don't damn want to finish. Yep. Or a six-month flowering sativa that ends <laughs> up being terrible. <laughs> I don't know how that thing keeps making it into this episode, but or this show. But, man, lemon heaven, burning hell. All right. <laughs> we got uh, we got any more questions for Morningstar on the, the autoflower side? Yeah, I have one quick question, and I don't know if you'll have an answer. I haven't got an answer from anybody I've asked so far, but I know uh, you already kind of touched on it before about the people say you can't clone an autoflower. I wonder if you could do a tissue culture on an autoflower if you got it, the tissue culture early enough, if you could hold that for a longer period of time to help with breeding or with just, if you wanted to run it again, if you could, you know, propagate something with a tissue culture that way and get another auto that way and keep that same auto. Right. Grown mind blower for the night. Dude, if you could pull that off, think about that. A person could pop one auto because of the embryo phase, because it takes so long to convert. You literally probably be able to just continuously do an auto off one auto flower seed. Well, and that's where it comes in as like a patient with the medicine, because otherwise it's a crapshoot in breeding. Either I catch the phenotype that becomes my medicine or it misses me this round. If I was doing a tissue that's culture run, then I would be able to have replicatable medicine that I can rely on every 90 days, which sounds great. You just figured out how to do, to do the clone situation, if it works, the clone situation with auto so you can get a repeatable effect on your auto. The only thing is, is tissue culture takes a lot longer than what a clone would, so. Yeah, yeah. you definitely right. have to figure out the timing. It'd be taking more than one at a time, but damn, yeah. you only need a little snippet. And at the same time, if you're, if you're constantly tissue culturing these things, you're always cleaning them. If they picked up a virus, if they picked up a disease, they're gone <laughs> on tissue culture. So you're, you're going to have even more repeatable, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It, it's just... I don't know, my son is actually playing with trying to figure out how to do it. So I hope he does because I would love to learn it or I'd love to have him tissue culture all my strains and see, compare the tissue culture plant to what my plant is. And does it grow better? To, you know, does it, you know, just compare it. I can't wait. But uh, yeah, so I'm, my mind's on tissue culture. <laughs> and I think yeah. it might be a way to solve the problem with autoflowers and not being able to clone them. I think tissue culture might, might be a way. To come at it from another angle, that's also where if you're going to work with feminized beans, if you could get this to, let's say you got it to like an F5, I wonder if you really, really focused on the autoflowering traits, what you could get out of that. You know what I mean? Could you really make it that specific 
to say, you know what, as far as my menu goes, this is what I recommend for pain. This is what I recommend for people that need a little help with depression. Or this is what I, you know what I mean? Like that's, I don't know. That's a smart angle too. Cause isn't that a problem? Uh, Morningstar, like uh, eventually you'll run out of the seed stock and you have to kind of restart the, the, the autoflower series, right. To get a new seed stock of that, say like purple microdot, like eventually it's a little bit different, right? Yes. Yes, you're absolutely right. And each, you know, generation I breed forward, um, I mean, I still keep the original, you know, seed stock from every generation, which I will use in upcoming uh, breeding projects. And I know, you know, that there's like this big thing about you can't really back cross an autoflower just because they have to come from seeds. But just like you said, you know, the whole thing about cloning and stuff is that it gives you more options. And the cloning is, it's not something that's brand new to autoflowers. People have been doing it for a while as well. Now, unfortunately, I'm not one of them, but I have seen a lot of people that are doing them. And they're having, you know, amazing results with cloning and growing out the clones and so forth, and even second and third generation clones. So I'm going to, you know, basically kind of sum it up like this is that at this point where we're at with autoflowers is still only the beginning because they're continuing to, to get stronger and better as time goes on. You know, people are pushing them to new extremes. Yeah, speaking on that, I wanted, I was trying to get him on here tonight. I believe his account when he did it was uh, Mountain of Loud, but he's Mountain of Seeds now. He's okay, a local, seeds, right? he's a local seed bank Canada. here in uh, MI or Michigan. Yeah. And I believe he did, he was able to clone or he, he broke a branch off, right? And then he stuck it in the dirt and he still ended up getting a couple ounces off it or something like that? Um, I'm not sure if he, if he broke one, but I know he, I don't want to say intentionally, but you know, he does cloning. And uh, one of his, his good people is, is CBD Erie or CBD Irie. And she is one of the ones that has like, I think a second or third generation clone from an autoflower. Uh, Keystone Pheno State Hunter, I think his name is is another one too that's been cloning for years. You know, so there's always people out there that, that you can learn from, and even myself, you know, cause I'm just gonna start getting into cloning now to see what it's all about, you know. The bad part about all of it is again, we, you know, have some, some limits here in Colorado. So sometimes I'm stuck between breeding and, and growing for show. And for the, for the beginning part of 2020 here, I've kind of put the breeding on hold because I need to do some, some show grows to get, uh, you know, to get some interest back in my strains. They're not, uh, they're not keeping the spotlight, you know, cause I don't have enough growers. And unfortunately, you know, for some of the smaller guys that really have a passion, um, the thing we're missing is the hype. And uh, you know, once you get that, and once you're, you know, all over everybody's speed, then people can trust your gear. Now people can trust my gear. It's just that they're not out there, you know, in, in big numbers like some of the big companies are. And unfortunately, I'm, you know, being a smaller company, I can't afford to send, you know, 500 samples out there. I just can't afford to send 500 samples out there. And you've been, you know you've been like everybody here on the, I think everybody on the panel, I don't know if I've gotten to you yet, M2, but they all received some of your autoflowers. And quite a few people here around in Michigan have gotten them. And I know they've grown them, they've grown them out. So Groskies, 
give Morningstar some pictures. Show off the gear. I know Absolutely. you guys have been killing it with it up here. Yeah, and you know, one of the good things, too, is if you guys, if you, if you grow them and you tag me in, I'll show them on my site. And even the, the pictures that are on, on the website, you know, not just Instagram, but on the website itself, are not my pictures. I think BH12 is my picture, but, you know, most of the other ones are not my pictures. I, I count on you guys out there in the field that are growing these because you're the ones that are getting the results that other people want to see. You know, as a breeder, yeah, I mean, if you had a good camera and a halfway decent setup and a halfway decent plant, you could, you could hype these plants up and make them look good. But it's those real world reports, you know, that really drive the fact home that these are stable and they're worth growing. Speaking of pictures, I got to thank you for uh, putting my picture in your uh, seed for, it was a seed auction thing. Could you, could, do you want to talk a little um, bit about that or give a shout out for it? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, S4A seed auction website was one of the um, big players that was involved in the Miss Lady Luck 79 fundraiser when, uh, you know, back in November when her and her husband were killed by the drunk driver. But <clears throat> S4A seed auctions is actually a, you know, a seed auction site and, and that's his business. And he basically put it on hold for like three months in order to raise money for the family because they had a daughter that was, I think at the time, like eight, she's probably nine now. Um, but, you know, being left with no parents, I mean, hey man, she's part of our community. Both her parents were part of our community. She, she really is Groski's. Uh, I've, I've known her for, I knew her for a while and she was part of our grow offs and she was a fan of the show. She, she, she was in some of our chats in the beginning. So Oh, that's right. This is a good cause. Even, like, yeah. the, the Queens of Cannabis, as a matter of fact, she was in that. Yes, she, she was on the Queens of Cannabis. If you've never seen that episode, it was really good. It was all about women and what they do here in the industry. It is, uh, right. if you go back on my channel, it's in the very first season of uh, The Frugal Force. Very good. And I'll tell you like this, you know, Miss Lady Luck had been with me from the very start as one of my testers. And uh, she will always hold a place on my test team. And another, I, I got I mean, it's reminded me, I need to take a second and do a special shout out because last night I lost somebody that's important to me in the cannabis industry. And that is uh, the magician. Uh, he is the person that really was providing the dank that got me to where I like cannabis because I tried cannabis before that and I was like yeah it's, it's, it's okay I like it more in drinking but it wasn't great when I got that cheese from him it just completely changed things for me and made me swear I had to have cannabis every day and the cheese is the original cut that was handed to me almost a decade ago that now through epigenetic drift and all that good stuff is the abolished OG that everybody loves and it's, I just got to give him a special shout out. Uh, you're, you're a legend and your cup will live on because I'm never letting go. You don't need to, man. That one's a winner right there. I'll follow up and say that I am also growing it right now. I've got three generations of it, about to take down the second generation of it right now, and it's not going anywhere either. So thank you, Magician. Got it in flower right now and two more in veg. I know Kate has it as well. 
and make sure M2 gets a cut of that as soon as I can too if she wants it. <clears throat> be careful with it, man. You got to be careful with it. If you get carried yeah. away with it, you will it'll slide your day right away. Yep. I'm ready for that challenge. <laughs> right. Spartan's got a big one. Spart All right, both you guys have been just making me look silly with my OG. See the one I just harvested right there is like maybe a quarter pound. You guys are sitting there growing like a half pound OG probably. But that first run, man. Oof. Yeah. But on that note, we're starting to come up on the, uh, the end of the night. So I wanted to go ahead and go around and do our shout outs and closing statements. So uh, let's go ahead and go with our, our autoflower expert here tonight. First, Morningstar. Okay, very good. Um, for those that don't know, you can find me on Instagram. I have two accounts, uh, Morningstar Seed Co. and Morningstar Seed Co. 2. If I'm not on one, I'm the other. If I'm kicked off of both, then you'll have to look for me somewhere else. I want to shout out Dynagro because they're sponsoring me. Their nutrients are, are handling everything. I mean, the plants are taking everything that they're, that they're getting and they're loving it. This will be the second run that I've documented with them. And I don't see myself changing anytime soon. I also want to shout out the S4A seed auction, um, you know, Big Lou. Take a look at his site because he's actually auctioning off some of my strains right now. So if you can't find him on my site, uh, you can look on my site at morningstarseco.com or get a hold of me through morningstarseco at Gmail. Um, but anyway, take a look at uh, the auction site and you'll be able to pick some of the strains up right there. Spartan Grown. Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown. I want to shout out to Mitten Canico. You know, those are my boys up there. We see them more than my family, it seems like, sometimes. So got to shout out them. And shout out to the my other family, the Michigan Bros Grow Show. Everybody involved. You know, that's my, my other extended family. Growers love. And two. Um, M2, you can find me on Instagram at Michigan Medicated. Thanks for having me. Super excited about growing my first auto flowers this year. So I was definitely taking some notes. Appreciate you. Thank you. And the man himself, Skillbo One. Skillbo One on Instagram, Skillbo17 on YouTube. Uh, shout out to the entire Michigan Bros Grow Show family and all the Groskis out there, but especially to Sequence this time. That guy doesn't get enough credit for all the hard work that he puts in to try to bring all this stuff together for all of us. And, you know, everybody's doing their part on this. And, and I just want to take a second to say, I really appreciate you, buddy. So thank you. We love you, Sequence. And uh, I got a shot, or we got to close out for Red because he's in there busting ass in the garden and providing us with all kinds of beautiful porn tonight. That's Red Setter Farms. You can find him on IG and YouTube. He should have a weekly update dropping this week, so don't miss that. And for myself, Bosch Farms, you can find me basically everywhere. And uh, I got to shout out my sponsors, Bad Bunny Nutrients, Easy Swap Pots, and Mantis Genetics. Use code ABOLISH to get 10% off. And may the frugal force be with you. Oh, I hate goodbyes. <laughs> mm.
Damn buddy. Oh my god, damn buddy! You heard what she said. 